Warning. The program you're about to hear is absolutely filthy and thoroughly disgusting. Furthermore, listening to it will immediately turn you into a bottom. Bottom. Hey, everyone. <laughs> Watch me shove this beer can up my ass. I'm proud to declare the Adam Sank Show and his ass open to the wind. Ass open to the wind. This is fuckery. <laughs> this is all fuckery. <laughs> fuckery, fuckery, fuckery. Powered by DNR Studios. And now... Give a warm round of applause to my friend and yours, Adam Sank. Bottom. I was a little distracted. I was uh, sexting with Jason Ellis just now. I sent him a picture of my ass, and he wrote back, Nice. I'd eat that good. Thank you. Uh, hi. That was a really good accent. Yeah, thank <laughs> you. Uh, welcome to the Adam Sank Show. We are not live. This is a brand new episode. <laughs> you're listening. I've become Australian just thinking about Jason eating my ass. Uh, if you're listening at 11 a.m. Eastern, Saturday, March 12th. God, it's fucking March 12th already. In the year 2022 at dnrstudios.com and the DNR Cast app. I'm also a little drunk from the last episode where David Sook made us moonshine cocktails from St. Luna Spirits. I am tipsy. Those are so good. So delicious so good. and so strong. That is 100 proof alcohol, ladies and gentlemen. Um, anyway, this is the only place you can hear the Adam Sank Show throughout the week that it first airs. If you listen anyplace else, leave us your ratings and reviews as listeners have been doing. And I appreciate it. Whichever audio platform you use, but especially on Apple Podcasts, that's where it counts. Email me, me at adamatadamsank.com. Like the Facebook page, download the comedy albums. Get your official ass merchandise. There's T-shirts, tank tops, mugs, masks. You can get a pillow, uh, all kinds of shit, a backpack. And they all say the Adam Sank Show. Some of them say things like, this is fuckery. Or if it's in my hand, I'm going to suck it. <laughs> Go to adamsank.com for your merch. And remember, you can now call the ass hotline anytime, even when we're not on the air. That's 804-TALK-ASS. Get vaccinated. Uh, donate to the children in Ukraine. And um, JB is dying over something I just said. Because if it's in my hand, I'm going to lick it a little. <laughs> if it's in my hand, I'm going to lick it a little. Oh, my God. Jason Ellis just sent me an erect dick pic. I'm going to need to see it. Share it to the class. My basement is flooded. Nice. That looks pretty good. All right. We have to pay attention to this show. (laughs) We're neglecting the listeners. Um, Hello, listeners. Our guest today is Jenny Aaron. She's an old friend of mine. Uh, I knew her from comedy, but her day job is she's a professional organizer, a.k.a. the Clutter Cowgirl. And she'll be coming in to tell us how to organize your life, which is something JB desperately needs. See, I, I was going to ask this, but I feel like you got this guest for me. I did. My life is it's, a hot it's mess. A, it's a not so subtle. Uh, well, yeah. really, she talks about organizing your stuff. I think your apartment's probably clean, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. yeah. She's more about like helping people who have like piles of crap all over their house. Um, that was the queen of fuckery, JB Bercy. Hello. Also joining Hello. us is everyone's favorite chubby Chorizo, who is very uh, busily trying to book tickets for some gay camping trip. What's happening over there, Steve? Chizarro? Listen, everybody. So I don't know if you've heard of the Woods Homosexual Campground in Lehigh in Pennsylvania. That's literally what it's called. <laughs> that currently has a lot of controversy, which we can talk about actually in one of those times where we have some dead space. Mm-hmm. Um, but for now, if anybody has ever tried to make a reservation, it is nearly impossible because the system always crashes. And currently, I was able to get one reservation, and I'm trying to get the last one for the year, and it's saying that none of my credit cards are going through. But let me tell you, as a person with an 823 credit score, this should not be happening, and I'm very upset. I'm sorry, Steve. It's okay. Sorry to scream into everybody. That's too. a really good credit score, says. It is. It's really yeah. good. Mine's you know. like 850. That's also really so... good. I'm like in the 500s. Listen, mine used Honey, to be in the 500s, and that's okay. Yeah, you can you can work your way back. You know what to do, right? Yeah, to improve your credit score? Pay, pay my things on mm, Yes, but also, I think I've said this at some point on the air, but it's, it can't be said enough. If you've got a bill that's gone to collections, don't pay it. Really? Never pay a, never pay a collections agency because it does not erase your debt. You're basically throwing money down a hole. Shut the fuck up. Now you told me this? Yes. Collection agencies, what they do is they buy your debt. Let's say you owe Visa $1,000. A collection agency comes to Visa and says, I'll give you $500 for that debt. Visa says, all right, $500 is better than nothing. We'll take it. 
then that collection agency spends the rest of your life trying to get that $1,000 out of you. But if you pay them, you still have that $1,000 debt to Visa. Visa has not cleared your name. They never will. It will still be on your credit report. So it, you, it's hard, but you got to fucking ignore the collection agencies. Don't pick up the phone. Don't respond to them. And instead, ask for a copy of your credit report from Equifax, Experian, What's the other one? Credit Karma, maybe? No, that's not a real one. There's three major credit agencies. Anyway, ask for any or all of them. When you see a list of your bad debts, when you see a list of your unpaid bills, circle each one, send it back to the agency. You can scan it and email it or fax it. There's like a, they'll give you the information. And you say, I dispute this. I dispute every single one of these. Now they have to go back to Visa or whoever, whomever else you owe. And they, they say, prove that this person owes that. Pr- show us the documentation. And in most cases, Visa and whoever else you owe can't be bothered. They don't give a shit. They've already sold that debt. They are not going to take what? the time and resources to send that documentation. If they do not dispute the debt, then it gets taken off your credit report. It's not foolproof, but it's better than doing nothing. Okay. You can wipe out significant debt and improve your credit score by challenging each of those. Shit. And by the way, this, what I'm saying is may not be ethical or legal, but it is accurate. I mean, most things that people get away with aren't legal exactly. or ethical. But it doesn't matter. Like, listen, help the little man out. I'm struggling. I like, learned this a long time ago. Actually, wow. when I was a producer on Fox and Friends, when it was an actual morning news show and not like a, a propaganda machine, we had a credit expert on who to- told people this. And it blew me away because I always thought you pay a collection agency, your debt is paid. It's yeah. not. It's not. All right. Um, I'm going to ask both of you a question, Steve, if you're busy and can't answer. uh, I can answer and speak at the same time. Okay. So this is apropos of our first story. And it's when was the last time, and be honest, that either of you had sex where a condom was used? Oh. Wait, what? When? (laughs) What's that? JB's like, I don't understand the question. (laughs) When was the last time you had sex with a man where a condom was used? Oh. Um. Condoms, you mean those plastic things that they give out to yes, pregnancies? Mm-hmm. Okay. Here's the thing about condoms. They hurt. They never yes, feel good. they hurt the bottom. And the one time I used it, I remember I <laughs> tore. Like, like a little, You've only used a condom once? Like labia. My labia tore. And it did not feel good at all. Have you literally only been fucked once with a condom? I think so. Oh, my goodness. Wow. What about you, JB? Uh, okay, so I guess before I had HIV, I always have sex with condoms. Yeah, they were a little irritated. Then once I got HIV, I was like, fuck it. Right. Nothing can stop me now. And then I started fucking with condoms. I was like, oh, I get wet, wet. <laughs> fucking, you mean topping? Oh, no. I mean, my booty will get wet, wet. Right. With, with, with Without more it. penis mm-hmm. than with plastic penis. Your, your self-lubricating oven. Mm-hmm. Self-cleaning oven. I like that. Self-cleaning oven. Yes, we call that from now on. <laughs> well... I have a similar story to JB. I was always, I mean, certainly not always, obviously, but I 99% of the time used condoms up until the time I tested positive, and then I was like, fuck this. Um, I was honest with everyone, with all my partners after that, about the fact that I had HIV, was on meds, was undetectable, and then it's up to them. But if someone says to me now, like, I insist on using condoms, then I'm like, then let's not have sex. I'd rather not have sex. Then you can get out. Like, or we what? can or we can do other things. We can suck each other. We can jerk off. I don't need yeah. to have butt sex. It's not a, an important thing to me. But um but Steve, how is it that and you're negative, right? I'm negative, yeah. How is it that you never used condoms and stayed negative? So I was um I'm not proud of my past, but I was very uh not nice about what do you call it where you separate people out into groups, which I know it doesn't work. Um, oh, zero sorting. Yeah. Um, I tried to do that too. So I was just lucky, I guess. Yeah. Zero um, sorting? Zero sorting is when you're negative and you will have bareback sex, but only with other negative people. Uh-oh. And it never works. Yeah. It never works because someone is lying or someone doesn't know. Yeah. You can think you're negative and then have sex one time and be positive and you don't know. So zero sorting, I tried to do the same thing. It doesn't work. Yeah. Um, the best thing for everyone to do is if you're positive, be on meds, take your meds regularly and as uh, directed by your doctor. And if you're negative, be on PrEP and take PrEP as directed. Okay. And then everyone stays safe and healthy. Speaking yeah. of meds and medication, I have 
I have this issue. Well, let's for how long can someone go with who's been undetectable and who just hasn't been taking their medication before their numbers start to rise? Well, that's a question for your doctor, but <sighs> he's an asshole. What I know is that you should never skip. You should never skip a day because it allows the virus to uh, build up a resistance to the meds. Have you not been taking it? Oh, my – the clinic I go to stopped giving me refills. I've been out of uh, medication since the 21st, and they don't want to give me any refills. So now I'm just Ooh. like okay. – Yeah, so this is an emergency situation, JB, and you need to go to another clinic or find another doctor. Um, if you Do you have insurance? Yes. You have to call your insurer and let them know what's going on and have them tell you where to go because you can't you can't go without it. Okay. It's not. I mean, you're you're not going to die like anytime soon. You're fine, but it's it's really important that you stay regular with the doses. And at this point, you may have to switch to a different medication, of which there are many. Um, because I can't another switch. Last time I switched, it really fucked up my whole system. All right, let's talk uh, off the air about this. Okay. But yeah, I want you to start taking those as soon as possible. Um, the reason why I brought this up to begin with is because – and this story is so confusing to me and it's going to be confusing to you two and to all the listeners. But the headline is the FDA has just approved the first ever anal condom. But isn't it's just... condoms all for – continue. So apparently – and this was news to me – all of these years that gay men have been using – condoms and that straight men have been using condoms for anal sex with women we've been using and essentially been using them off use off label rather condoms have never been recommended by any of our federal health agencies for anal sex they've only been recommended as a way to pre prevent pregnancies and stis in uh, penis to vagina sex all through the aids crisis no one in the government ever thought to say, hey, let's approve this for anal sex too and make it official. Now, of course, everyone's been using it uh, for decades for anal sex, particularly before the, the HIV meds and, and PrEP were developed. But now the FDA has signed off on the first ever condom labeled and made for anal sex, the one male condom, it's called. Capital O-N-E, male condom. Now, I immediately said, how is this condom different from the vaginal condom. It's not. They're exactly the same. <laughs> but they actually had to do a study before they were able to proclaim that this was effective in preventing HIV. Um, so they studied 52 men who have sex with men and 252 men who have sex with women, all between the ages of 18 and 54, using this condom, again, pretty much identical to a common latex uh, glove-type condom, it had a failure rate, and, and, and in other words, a transmissibility rate of 0.68% for anal intercourse and 1.89% for vaginal intercourse. In other words, it's quite effective at preventing transmission for both, but it's more effective in the butt than it is in the pussy. However, the FDA stresses lubricant plays a big role. The agency says that uh, condoms should not be used for anal sex without a condom-compatible lubricant. Without a lubricant, you know what happens. Stuff yeah. tears. Chafing, burns. The condom cold. tears, and so does your butt. Yeah, it hurts. Yeah. Um, anyway, the uh, director of digital education and learning strategy at Planned Parenthood says condoms are a great, great way to prevent STI, STIs and HIV during all kinds of sex, including anal vaginal, and oral. While HIV infections have been falling steadily, including an 8% drop between 2015 and 2019, other STIs have been on the rise, making 2019 the sixth year in a row of rising cases. Uh, it is, you know, worrisome. This is the, the byproduct yeah. of PrEP is that, yeah, we're not getting HIV anymore, but we're getting syphilis, gonorrhea, the, the, uh, chlamydia, all the things. Especially as gay men are now back to like 1970s level um, barebacking. So if you really want to be very, very, very safe and protect yourself against all STIs, condoms are the way to go. I'm certainly not advising anyone against them, but personally, they're not for me. 
I'd rather, as I said, I'd rather not have sex. I'd rather watch TV. I agree. Yeah. If you're fucking with me, Sarah, leave your plastic at the door. And it just hurts. (laughs) I'm just going to re-back. It hurts like hell. It hurts. Condoms hurt. It always hurt me. It doesn't feel good. It's like having a poop in your butt (laughs) that you can't shit out. And it's like, what? Why is it so uncomfortable? I have a poop in my butt that I can't shit out. Um, All right. So this next story is sort of unusual for our show. I try not to get into politics too much. uh, But this story is not really about politics. It's about linguistics. Uh, I found it in the New York Times and it fascinated me. I'm really interested in linguistics. It's something I studied in college. Um, Basically, a group of linguistics researchers believe they have identified the two men – who are QAnon. QAnon, uh, as I'm sure many of you know, is the person or entity that began a a host of wild conspiracy theories um, about there being Satan worshipers and pedophiles in the U.S. government, primarily among Democrats. Um, so many conspiracy theories that that spread like wildfire and that millions and millions of Americans believe to be true, including two U.S. Congress people, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert, both of whom are stupid cunts. Did you see them heckling President Biden at the State of the Union? They are the worst. Um, so from the beginning, there's been an attempt to, to identify who QAnon is so they can sort of discredit them or him and say like this is not a, a – because QAnon is, was believed by, by their followers to be like a retired general, somebody high up in the U.S. government. Uh, and basically the, these researchers have discovered that they're nobody. One is a guy named Paul Ferber, a South African software developer and tech journalist who uh, the article says has long been fascinated with American politics and conspiracy theories. Um, He still believes Pizzagate, which is the the debunked lie that liberal Satanists traffic children from a Washington, D.C. pizza place. Um, He also believes that in something called Operation Mockingbird, an alleged CIA scheme to manipulate the news media. Anyway, he was one of the earliest acolytes of Q. He was one of the people saying like, hey, everyone, look at these this thing I found on Reddit, these theories coming out from this person. They seem really true. And so they believe that actually Mr. Ferber himself was the person who originated this along with a second person whose name is <laughs> – it's a really long article – um, but up at his last name is Watkins and uh, Ron Watkins, who operated a website where the Q messages began appearing in 2018 and who is now running for Congress in Arizona, because of course he is. So these scientists say they found evidence to back up the fact that both Mr. Watkins and Mr. Ferber have at various times written as Q. Um, both of the men deny it. They both say that they admired Q and that they believe much of what Q has to say, but that they are not Q. But the way they've done this is they analyze the language. They analyze the the phrases and words and punctuation and grammar. You know, people, the way people speak and the way they write online, it's almost like a fingerprint. Um, and linguistics have been used in the past to identify anonymous authors. Um, for example, when the book Primary Colors came out in the 90s, it was a roman à clé about the Clintons um, written by Anonymous. And f- linguistic experts were able to reveal that it was Joe Klein, a reporter for Newsweek, who was the author. So it, it really is a way to solve these mysteries. And this is important to me because QAnon, who, by the way, has not posted since December 2020. QAnon has not posted a single message since uh, right before January 6th. Um, but, but you know, this these conspiracy theories have absolutely infected American politics, American democracy. Uh, as I said, millions of Americans believe in this bullshit, and it's incredibly harmful. Lives have been ruined because of QAnon. Um, Donald <laughs> Trump very likely won election because of QAnon and almost won re-election. And 
the millions who believe that he's still the legitimate president because somehow the election was stolen from him. QAnon has a, and the QAnon supporters are, are a huge part of that. So it's really dangerous. And hopefully now this Ferber guy and this Watkins guy can be thoroughly investigated. And I believe that there are um, endless potential lawsuits against both of them. The owners of this pizza place, they should fucking sue the shit out of them. They should sue them for everything they have. There's I a, agree. There's a butterfly sanctuary uh, in Texas on the border that's constantly being harassed. They had to shut down because QAnon says that they are trafficking children. I mean, you can't just make up these slanderous and libelous lies about people and not face consequences for it. So um, it's a really interesting article. I uh, I encourage you to check it out in the New York Times. Meanwhile, a gay couple has filed a lawsuit against their New York City condominium condominium for alleged harassment. Do either of you know Anthony Dolce or Ming Anfanti? No. Big Anfanti is my dragon name. <laughs> Big Anfanti. Ming. <laughs> Ming Inf- it's Ming Infante. They previously lived at Dorchester Towers, which is a swanky building on uh, 155 West 68th Street. Dorchester. They claim that they faced a barrage of adversity from the building during their time living there. They have filed a $2.5 million lawsuit. Dolce, a Latinx man, and Ming, an Asian man, uh, I'm sorry, Infante, an Asian man, believe they were targeted because of their race and sexual orientation. This all started on Halloween, uh, which I believe is the gay national holiday. It is. So... Uh, <laughs> Dorchester Towers allegedly hired off-duty NYPD officers as security guards to stand in the lobby of the building due to accusations that the couple made tenants feel unsafe because they were trick-or-treating on Halloween night. Now, I will say, if you're an adult, you shouldn't really be trick-or-treating. <laughs> that shit's for kids. Where am I supposed to get my free candy from? <laughs> Like if I put the effort to wear a costume, I should lie, I should deserve candy. Exactly. Like who who here says the candy's just for children? I thought the rule was if we wear a costume, we get candy. Do you really go trick or treating? I mean, not anymore. I used to. If an adult showed <laughs> up like, at my that door, you've shamed me. Not if, me anymore. <laughs> if an adult showed up at my door without children on tr- Halloween night, I'd if be like, I'd call the police. What? Not even if it's in a great costume. Like what? I gotta say, a regular ass adult. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so here's what happened on Halloween night in 2018. Um, in protest of the guards' orders, I guess the the guards had ordered the tenants not to trick or treat. There was a decree there will be no trick or treating in the building. If you don't live in New York City, it's sort of hard to imagine. But we don't have like you can't go door to door to people's homes in New York. Right. Most children in my neighborhood go from business to business. They'll, like, go to the liquor store and get candy. They'll go to the bodega and get candy. Um, Sometimes if you live in a friendly building, which I do, you will get a knock or two from some kids that live in the building. But uh, most buildings discourage this because they don't want strangers knocking on doors. It's a security hazard. So anyway, they were told not to trick-or-treat. In defiance of that, Dolce wore a witch's hat, no no T-shirt, and a yellow cape. (laughs) And he headed out. It's not even a good costume. He headed outside with a bag of treats. Uh, according to footage reviewed by Gay City News, Dolce was holding a glow-in-the-dark Halloween globe and pleaded for help while the guards attempted to snatch his bag of candy from off the street. <laughs> In the video, the guards allegedly confirmed they were calling the cops on Dolce because, quote, he cannot block the pedestrians. For what? Standing on a public street? Infanti chimed in from their bedroom window. For standing on a public street? The 22-page complaint claims the police were called at least 25 times on the couple. Get this, with at least half of those times resulting in Dolce being arrested or taken to local hospitals for psychiatric evaluation. Oh, my God. (laughs) Dolce claims they were weaponizing the the 911 call center against us. The following year... Uh, I guess the building manager or the some some executive in the building told the couple they, quote, did not fit in with the building and did not dress appropriately for the building. Dolce claims the couple were repeatedly reprimanded for trivial reasons, such as um, when 
they were listening to Boy George and Madonna. They were probably blasting their fucking music in the lobby, like from a, from a boombox. They were told it was not appropriate appropriate for the building. I felt she she's talking about my sexuality. I wear nail polish. I am flamboyant. This is Dolce talking. I think I didn't fit her idea of what a gay person should be in this building. He added, I'm not going to tiptoe around anyone with my sexuality, and I think that when I stood up to her about that, she retaliated. Shut up, cunt! (laughs) Now, they've been receiving some support um, from some important people, including out gay state Senator Brad Hoyleman. Um, He attended a Stop False Police reporting rally at One Police Plaza and said he found the allegations of the false police reports troubling and says he hopes we can get to the bottom of it. I got to tell you, I don't don't know all the details, but it sounds to me like these two guys were giant pains in the ass. I'm always afraid to call other homosexuals pains in the ass, but normally, especially, and I, I always say this, especially in New York City, I feel like you have to really do something to have someone hate you if you're a homosexual. It's almost like we're given a courtesy, not a pass, but like a little courtesy to be a little bit louder, be a little bit more fun. But what did they do to annoy their neighbors? That's what I have to it say. It sounds like they were just – I mean, yeah. you're right. They were, they're on the Upper West Side, first of all. Yeah. It's a pretty gay-friendly place. It's not yes. like they're in Staten Island yeah. or like Suffolk County. There are yeah. places where they hate gay people in New York, but right. it's not the Upper West Side. No. I don't think it had to do with their being gay. I think it had to do with their being crazy. Maybe and it was just a really annoying. bad nail polish. <laughs> I mean, my boyfriend wears nail polish all the time. Yep. Nobody harasses him. But then again, he lives in Brooklyn where it's like it's it's mandatory to wear nail polish <laughs> if you're a bed. And wear a dress. It's and wear dresses. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, something doesn't smell right yeah, I in this. Uh, and it's not you, Steve. You smell good. I feel like I smell today. I'm so you sorry. You really don't. I've never smelled anything unpleasant coming off of you. Thank you. Or you, Jamie. I um, appreciate that. Thank you so much. So, yeah. So, I listen. If they were truly discriminated against, I wish them all the best. I hope that this gets resolved. I think they're probably looking for some Monet. Um, but as a New Yorker, as someone who's lived in the same building for 20 years now, 22 years, wow. um, my feeling is if you don't annoy people, if you're not fucking loud and obnoxious – and people will leave you alone. Nobody will it will care that you're gay yeah. or black or whatever. As long as you're like a good tenant and you follow the rules, like that's all we care about in New York. We just yes. want everyone to follow the rules. It's very important. We live in too big a city exactly. to be like a, an annoying asshole. Walk quickly on the sidewalk and be a good neighbor. That's, that's exactly need. right. Uh, meanwhile, uh, we talked uh, either last week or the week before about Wendy Williams, and there's some more news with that. Her her talk show has now been officially canceled. Um, it's now going to be the Sherry Shepard show, or called something else, but hosted by Sherry Shepard. Um, Shepard tweeted, oh, my God, I'm so excited to have a dream come true and debut my very own talk show, Sherry. Oh, I guess it's just called Sherry. Next fall, I can't wait till I return to New York to host the show and merge everything I love, pop culture, talk, entertainment, and comedy. Um, at the time of the firing, uh, Williams has not released any kind of official statement regarding her replacement. She had previously endorsed Shepard as a substitute host for her. Um, Shepard comes with her own checkered history in showbiz. Um, she appeared to claim on the view that the earth was flat. <laughs> The world is ending. <laughs> and um, she made homophobic coming, comments, including blaming gay men for spreading HIV. She later apologized for her remarks in a subsequent interview with people, claiming her beliefs have since involved. So she's no she's no brain surgeon. But right. meanwhile, uh, you know, there's great concern about what the fuck is going on with Wendy. And last time I told you how this – Video had been released on her Instagram seemingly to prove that she was okay, but the video was clearly old and she didn't address anything uh, in the video. Um, Now friends say that they're concerned because she's apparently missed doctor's appointments. Oh, no. Um, Oh, this is about Halloween. I'm on the wrong page. (coughs) Excuse me. I don't think I've ever sneezed on the show. Sorry about that. Your sneeze is incredibly gay. Like an old woman, I know. (laughs) I've been told. I used to work with this Jamaican woman named Audrey, and every time I would sneeze in the office, she would go, Adam! 
You sneeze like a bitch. It's <laughs> <laughs> so rude. Pusna business in a dog, I fear. Anyway, Wendy has missed several medical appointments, um, and some are even worried that she could be an unwitting prisoner in her own home. Um, Wendy is missing her medical appointments down in Florida, a longtime friend told Page Six in the New York Post. People are very worried about Wendy and her well-being. We want Wendy to get back to New York City to get her back on track. Um, We know that she's receiving assistance from her ex-husband, Kevin Hunter, and their 21-year-old son, Kevin Jr., and there are new reports that hint that the hunter, that the senior hunter could be the reason for William's seclusion. One insider says, I remember not having full access to Wendy when Kevin was around. She had her hair and makeup and wardrobe in her office, and the door was always closed, and it was restricted to who could get to her. Another described Hunter as a tyrant who ruled by fear, who often kept important information from Wendy herself. He would overrule big bookings out of petty jealousy and never tell Wendy about it. Many people celebrated the day he left the set. Williams and Hunter divorced in 2019 after Hunter fathered a child with his mistress. And then soon after that, Williams' health began to decline as she battled with addiction, lymphedema, and COVID-19. Williams received a reported $15 million a year. And is said to be furious over her termination. She's considering legal action against the producers um, and is also deciding what to do about Sherry Shepard. What does that mean? <laughs> See here on the street. Yeah. So it's messy and it's getting messier. Catch and I, me outside. Exactly. Catch me outside. So I just hope that um, she's okay and yeah. that she's not being held prisoner. And uh, these are always such scary situations. You know, I still go back to what I said before. It is incredibly hard for people of a certain stature to be isolated. Like even Brittany, when she was, you know, being controlled by her dad, she was never totally and completely able to be out of the public eye or out of people knowing what was going on. And I still believe the same thing with Wendy Williams. And this is in my own personal experience of working with, you know, relatively famous people. So I would imagine that there is something going on, but I don't think that, you know, she, she could be a prisoner in her, in her own home and people that could help her not know. I just don't think that's it, – it's just not true, in I, my opinion. I think anything's possible. Look at Richard Simmons. Yeah. You know, Richard Simmons has been uh, not seen in years. Yeah. The only time we've heard from him was on a phone call to the Today Show where he was not on camera. And there's been multiple reports that he's being held prisoner by his housekeeper who sort of runs his life. And we just don't know. <clears throat> and that's the problem. When a celebrity yeah. or anyone disappears from public life – and we're only able to hear how they're doing through others. It's very, very worrisome. Yeah. Um, a couple more quick stories, and then we will get to our guest. Um, actually, I think we're just gonna we're gonna skip the Todrick Hall story. I'm just gonna say that Todrick Hall was on Celebrity Big Brother. Everyone from the show hates him. He acted like a piece of shit. And this is just a reminder that Todrick Hall is a piece of shit. <laughs> I don't know why he hasn't been canceled lately. He's uh, why he hasn't been canceled. Period. He he's really. He's terrible. And his former assistant, who we've talked about before, Tommy Italiano, this hot guy with a big dick who always makes like sex videos, uh, he claims that Todrick threatened to out his HIV status when uh, they were working together. Um, he hasn't, he's accused of not paying his employees. He's accused of colorism, putting dark-skinned people in the back row of his videos, um, just being a general piece of shit. And I don't understand why it hasn't caught up with him. His fans, uh, I mean, he's got, like, Trump fans. He could shoot someone in the head on Fifth Avenue, and they'd still defend Todrick. Anyway, um, but I want to talk about Jesse Smollett, because he, unfortunately, is back in the news. Jesse Smollett is now asking for a retrial. This is the worst decision in the history of decisions. His lawyer remember why you used to have crickets on the soundboard. I do have crickets. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> His lawyers have filed an 83-page motion claiming that Jussie's constitutional rights were violated when the court prevented his legal team from actively participating in jury selection. Um, News of the filing comes just a few days before Judge Jamie Lynn said that Smollett would be sentenced March 10th. So by the time this episode airs for subscribers, 
we will know what Jesse's sentence was. Let me tell you something. No one is ever going to believe Jesse Smollett's version of events. No one. He had an entire trial to explain how he mistook two black Nigerian men whom he knew who were his friends and, and, and colleagues for two white men. He's never explained that. He's never explained why these two friends of his would dress up as Trump supporters and loosely tie a rope around his neck and throw a harmless substance on him. He's never explained why he didn't turn over text messages to them. He's never explained the payment that he made to them. No one believes you. Give it up. And finally, scientists have recreated the voice of a 3,000-year-old mummy, and they believe his voice sounded like this. (laughs) Hit it again, Jimmy. That is what a 3,000-year-old mummy sounds like. That costs like a billion dollars for so them to come up with that. It's so short. <laughs> Do it. Play it again. All right. On that note, our guest today wears many hats. She has worked as a comedian, personal shopper, and stylist, and professional organizer under her alter ego, the Clutter Cowgirl. If that weren't enough, she's now going to school to become a therapist, and she's a lesbian. So please give a warm-ass welcome to Jenny Aaron. Hi, guys. Jenny. Oh, thank you. You checked so many boxes for I, us. I'm just full of boxes. I, I've heard that. My box runneth over. Yes. I have not seen you in person. It must be... 15, ten years? Ten, let's say ten. Let's be kind to ourselves. You look the same. So do you, honey. You've got a little bit of gray. Thank you. Cute. I'm not coloring it. Good. There's only I so am. many things I can keep up with these days. What about the bush? Is that colored? It's trimmed. Good. No, there's no need for colorization down oh, there. Oh, it's not gray? No. If I let my pubes grow out, they would be fucking gray. Okay. Some I mean, there might white. be a couple, but I mean... Are you showing us? We can check out. I was literally <laughs> looking down there like, well, are they? No. But I've what always, a lovely intro, by the thank way. Thank you. I have always <laughs> adored you. Are you. Do you not do stand-up anymore? I don't. When I, did you stop? I stopped officially like probably five years ago. But I, the last time I did stand-up was probably three years ago. You were always really funny. I was. What happened? Well, what did happen? I mean, I, I retired from it, <laughs> Hi, too, Steve. although oh, I was going to be making a, uh, a brief comeback. But why I did I think you the focus, I needed to pick a lane. I needed to, like, I could have continue doing stand-up as a hobby but as you know it's a very aggressive hobby yeah and it's a very time-consuming and emotional hobby so i wanted to focus on my business and then ultimately going back to school is taking up a lot of time too so i bet it's a young person's game it's it's stand-up either you're really like so devoted to it and know you want to make money at it so you hustle 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 i loved loved doing it i loved meeting people like you and still being friendly with them and but it, it's exhausting late nights yeah. also i quit drinking so it's like oh good for you being basically in a bar setting how long are you sober for uh nine years did you quit because you had a real problem or were you just like my life could probably be better without this i think it was i i did go to a couple of aa meetings wow we're talking about my pubes oh, AA yeah. meetings welcome to we the really Adam get show in um, also, I identify as queer, not lesbian. Oh, but interesting. Thank you, thank you for that more definitive button. No, th- um, I'm, I apologize <laughs> for uh, mislabeling you. Yeah, I'm I'm quite a equal opportunity, but I am in a relationship with a woman right now. So, okay. um, we like queer. Is this therapy? Because it's feeling very I'm therapeutic hoping. for me. Well, yeah. you did. You are in school for this. Yeah. What made you want to uh, to to go into to therapy? I love the organizing business. I love helping people get unstuck and become more organized. But I was hoping to go deeper into stories and habits and behavioral stuff. And it's not just about bins and labels and making your kitchen look good. Right. For me, it's about, you know, uncovering deeper stuckness. And that's where therapy comes in. That's interesting because I would think as an organizer, you know, you're treating this, the problems that you can see. You're treating the, the, the pile of of crap in the corner and the, you know, the, the pile of magazines, yep. but you're not getting to the underlying causes and, and now that's what you're looking at now. Yeah. And the emotional clutter is, uh, you know, something that's a lot deeper and takes more, you know, 
time to unravel and connect with. So, and also just like comedy was extremely exhausting organizing, you're lifting boxes, you're yes. dragging trash out of yeah. someone's house. Happy to do it, but I'm 46. I don't want to be doing it f when I'm in my 50s, just physically. Right. So I feel like becoming a therapist, I can just sit and wear chunky necklaces <laughs> until I die. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, can you like imagine it. seeing Jenny as your therapist? I, I totally, yeah. I think you'd be great. Yeah. I okay. Can, I I'll give you a glasses. discount. I, I mean, I do, I have reading glasses. Perfect. Hopefully by then my eyes will be shot and I'll need for your notes. All so day you glasses. No, but you have a very warm yeah. sort of accepting presence. I feel like uh, a patient would instantly feel comfortable talking to Char you. Being, paying my full rate. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. A as, as covered by insurance. No, no insurance. <laughs> Jenny, why do so many people live with clutter and disorganization? And, and what do you think it's really, what do you think is underneath it? I always say that clutter, because I say this for my own self, clutter is just a series of decisions that haven't been made yet. Oh. So a pile is a decision oh, do I want to follow through with this project or do I want to, or I need to follow up with that doctor's appointment, whether that's paperwork, clothing. Um, am I going to really lose weight and fit into these jeans again? So it's it's so much deeper than just like folding and piling. And I think people don't have perspective on their stuff. And they are, they're also very emotionally tied to their stuff. It right. represents a lot for them, you know. And, which is where hoarding comes from. Right. And 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 you don't even have to be a hoarder to really have a, a clutter issue. It's There's so much online. During the pandemic, people were just buying, buying, buying right. to For fill comfort. a hole. Yeah, to fill holes. And all the holes were filled mm. with clutter. I remained empty. <laughs> <laughs> for not not for very long, Steve. Let's be honest. But I think clutter is clutter is emotional for a lot of people. Some people are very easy. Oh, I don't need it. I can get rid of it. Some people come from a, a very scarcity um, oriented background. Maybe their parents never bought them the toys that they want, or they they were always lacking. So now that they're an adult, they want to buy this and this and this, or even things that don't have. They want all the stuff. They want all the stuff, but it's not even. The stuff it's they want that feeling you I'm, know i'm the opposite of a clutter i can't stand clutter if i finish a carton of milk soy milk of course of course uh i put it by the door right so i can take it out with me because i don't even want to clutter up my recycling can what right. does that say about me it means that you crave routine that yeah. you like order and that maybe you can't get to the other more important things until your plate is cleared yes. and you and but I, I can't work in a messy apartment. I'm like you too. If I'm procrastinating, like a therapy reading, like for school, something really intense, I will clean my whole apartment. So it's not always um, what's the word I'm looking for? Positive or, or adaptive? It's, yes. Sometimes it's actually an unhealthy behavior because you're exactly you're just using it to procrastinate. Right. So interesting. But I wouldn't want like, and I'm sure you wouldn't either. I don't want to let my garbage and recycling pile up for a week. No, like that would that's. The extreme version. Right. So I think a balance in the middle where you do your priorities and the other stuff you spend five or ten minutes on every day and then just get to, get to the work that needs to be done. I think the hardest part uh, – the hardest thing for people who live in a cluttered, disorganized home is getting started. For right? sure. So if someone's listening to us right now and they look around their apartment or their home and, it, and it's a mess, yep. where do they start? What should be the first thing they do? So the first thing is set aside – either a half hour or an hour, not an entire weekend, not an entire week. I love Marie Kondo, but that is an unreasonable, like setting a month aside. And so what what we're kind of learning in CBT class, cognitive behavioral therapy, is to set up these SMART goals. So specific, manageable, attainable, realistic, realistic time, timely. timely. Mm -hmm. So by just giving yourself a window even if it's half an hour, what can I tackle in half an hour? Maybe it's not papers because papers are more meticulous. Maybe it's just clearing that chair in the bedroom. Right. And setting yourself up with a bag to then donate to a housing works or someplace like that. I always prefer housing works. Um, so it's, it's those smart attainable things. Maybe start with something that's not going to overwhelm you completely. So if you're really stressed out about the papers, try the clothing first. Right. Try the organizing your refrigerator. There's probably a ton of 
like expired stuff that can easily be, you know, thrown out. Right. I like, like the idea of setting aside a little time each day so yes. it doesn't feel so overwhelming. For me personally, if I put on music yep. or a podcast or a great oh, yeah. TV show, Absolutely. I can do anything. I can clean my whole fucking house as long as I can focus on something else while I'm doing it. Right. And I think it's, I always liken it to like um, exercise. You know, you're not going to become a bodybuilder in a weekend. Right. If you say, okay, in six months, I'd like to have my apartment more, more manageable. Right. What's it going to take every day to get to that and to keep it up? The maintenance part of it is really crucial. That's why when I leave someone's house, I'm like, when I come back here, it's probably not going to look like this. So you have to know how you behave in your space and adjust accordingly. Right. But yeah, that small chunk of time. Yeah. Put on some music, comfy, comfy clothes and do not overload yourself. Do not do it every single day for four hours. Yeah. You'll burn out. Right. And you'll associate it with like tedium and frustration yeah, and... it shouldn't be a punishment it should be like this is something you're doing for yourself because you pay rent you pay a right. mortgage self-care you deserve to feel comfortable and sane in your home i think you just tapped into something really important i think there are people who whose homes are a disaster because they feel like that's what they deserve mm. you know i think that, mm -hmm. that there's some real self-esteem absolutely struggle going on there um or or feeling worthy Absolutely. Of living in a nice, clean home. Yeah. And a lot of people just didn't come from that. Like maybe their parents were the same way and right. that's all they know. Right. But they know that they're at a breaking point and they can't live like that anymore. Also, it's very isolating. So many of my clients are like, I haven't had people over in four, five, six years. Yeah. We see that on yeah. hoarders all the time and that right. always makes me sad. It is sad. And again, there's so many levels of being cluttered. It could be... You know, you don't have to be buried under Domino's pizza boxes right. to be considered cluttered. It's right. whatever feels you, you may bad have, for you. You may have, you know, 50 cabinets and all the drawers are closed, but they're right. just filled with crap that really you don't need to be hanging on exactly. to. Um, what's the strangest thing you've ever come across in someone's home? I know you don't, you didn't work specifically with hoarders, but no. um, something that as you were helping someone organize, you were like, oh my, what's this? What have I seen? I'm trying to think recently. I mean, when I first started, everything was shocking. And that was 19 <laughs> years ago because I was like, wow, people really live like this. Okay, I'm here to help. Um, I think some like like bags and bags and bags of sex toys. Like I, I, I'm, wow. I'm very pro-sex and very like go you. But it was like a lot. The and quantity. It was, it was like luggage filled, like several rolling luggages filled i'm like are you a traveling salesperson for these things like i'm not sure and and they left it out for me to see like it must have been part of their kink hmm. right they wanted to shock you yeah i'm like I, I listen i'm 900 years old this is not shocking it's just bizarre that you're displaying this for me and then there were costumes and and they were just not wow. nice people so i was like oh, okay of course you're piling it on in this way too so that feels aggressive. It, it was, yeah, I felt creepy. unsafe. Yeah. When I interviewed you years ago for Manhattan Mini Stories. Oh my God, remember, remember that? that? Yeah, I liked Man that. Do you know that they deleted that blog? So part of my job at Manhattan Mini Storage, I was like their uh, head copywriter, and I had to write this fucking blog every day and try <laughs> writing great. about storage every day, you know? But they just want to generate content so that it'll yeah. get found in web searches. And the only blog I ever did that was actually interesting was I interviewed Jenny and I checked the other day because I was like prepping for our interview sure. and I wanted to see what I'd asked you then. It's gone. They fucking yeah. deleted all those blogs. And I and I spent so many hours on that fucking thing. Why? Why delete them? I don't know. Anyway, Maybe they change servers or something. Well, what you told me at the you. time, they do hate <laughs> me, uh, as do all of my former employers. Oh. No, at the time you told me that you <laughs> were helping a guy – who was into bondage, oh, and he I had an enormous amount of rope. He was so lovely. British guy, like, in finance, such a sweetheart. And he, the way you roll out consent, like, it felt very similar to, like, and now I'm going to touch your shoulder. Like, he was <laughs> like, and now I just want to let you know that I have a specific preference, and we are going to go into the bedroom, and you will see a lot of bondage equipment. I'm like... 
great. Thank you for telling me that. that that's the way to do it. Yes. Equipment sounds like a factory. Like it, you open the door. Dude, it was <laughs> wall-to-wall rope. Like, I don't know how many people at a time he needed to tie people up, but he loved it. And God bless. We should all. So how did you organize yeah. all that rope? It was pretty organized. It was on a spool. Like, it was like an industrial-sized spool of rope. It I don't was knitting. Yeah. He was working on the Brooklyn Bridge at the time. <laughs> it was cable. Oh it God. must have been so weird for you to be in all these strangers' homes and seeing their most intimate things. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really... It's an honor, to be honest. Yeah? Like, it's it feels beautiful that they trust me, someone who they don't quite know yet. Right. Um, we do build some kind of a lo- an alliance because they're working alongside with me. So as we're going, they're learning what I'm saying. I'm learning about their life and their habits and their behavior. So it's very collaborative, which is why I'm leaning, you know, into my next chapter as a therapist, because it does feel like that same type of collaboration. Right. Now, do you and your, are you married to your? No, we're, we're dating. Your non-lesbian life partner? She's a lesbian. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Do you and your lesbian life partner ever, uh, or date, dating person ever fight about organization clutter mess sure um we spend <laughs> we spend a majority of my time of our time at my apartment and i am a neat freak and she's a little she's an artist so she's a little more free flowing mm-hmm. you know and but she's very respectful of where things go and i'm trying to be less controlling yeah that would be an <laughs> occupational hazard if you if if you were with like a total slob yeah she's not a slob she's she actually has order in her life and she has her two drawers next to her next to the bed and I've assigned her specific areas labels yeah my boyfriend's got a ton of shit in his apartment because yeah. he, uh, his dad passed away and he inherited all the stuff and his oh, dad yeah. had a lot but it's so neatly organized Good. and put away like nothing's in the way Good. That would be a problem for me. All right. In the time remaining, Jenny, it's time to play everyone's favorite at-home quiz show, Ask Me No Questions. <laughs> Ask Me No Questions. Ask Me No Questions. Yeah. Jenny Aaron. Yeah. Your first name has only one N. Your last name has only one A. Yeah. What's with the minimalism? <laughs> I'm streamlined. Uh, no, my full name is Jenya, which is J-E-N-I-E-R. It's not Jennifer. What? No matter how much you want to put an F in it. What kind it's of name is that? There. It's Russian. Sorry, Russia. Oh. Um, and it was originally X-E-N-I-A, Zenya. Oh, my. And my mother wow. did me the favor of not giving me an X. And what's with Aaron with only one A? Well, I've never seen that. we Jews, as you know, yes. were shoved out of many many a homeland. And it was Aronowitz. And my grandfather... In order so to interesting. stay alive, you know, it fits beautifully on a marquee. Yeah, I, as does Adam Sank. It's it, we, four we letters, like, four letters. We like concise. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> what's the sexiest part of a? Actually, now that I know that you're uh, equal opportunity, what's yeah. the sexiest part of a woman's body and a man's body? Ooh. Well, I I like boobs. I you know I'm not going to speak out of school um, about my current partner, but I'm I she's, she's it's got good. Him. It's nice. Mm-hmm. I don't need like big gunj- basketball gajongs. Right. That's new. That's that's a copywritten term. Gajongs. Gajongs. The visual you're painting is really <laughs> yeah. They're really. Enormous. It's almost <laughs> like a hazard. These. It's it's like a disability at, at the point. It's like table with. When your boots. back starts to hurt. Yeah. yeah, and then for a man, um, I love a I love a scruff. I love oh. a beard. Yeah. I just colored mine. Yeah, I love I love like a chubbier dude with like. Like a bear. A bear. Yeah, I oh, do. That's we're gonna type. Be, we're going to be close friends Thank after you. this. You both yeah. like so bears. I yeah. I, not, not at an unhealthy level, but like someone who's strong, who can pick me up. So, yeah. Nice. That all came from a beard. Yeah. I but, like boobs, too. When yeah. I when I dated uh, women back in the day, I was a, a boob man. Yeah. They're um, beautiful. What's your favorite episode of Hoarders? I don't watch Hoarders that much because it's very triggering for me. I bet. And it's so sad. Like, it's just so painful to watch. I don't have a favorite. I've watched snippets and clips of it. The people, the professionals on that show are amazing. Yes. And it just shows how important the mental health aspect is when it comes to decluttering at that level. I feel like... Uh, there are certain shows that people only watch because it makes them feel better about their own lives. And, and which Hoarders show is, is that? one of them. So okay. there's Hoarders, there's My 600 Pound Life. I do like that show. I mean, there's no other reason to watch. A, you want to see the transformation if Always. there is one. And Always. B, you want to be like, okay, I may not be in the best shape of my life, 
<laughs> I may not always eat healthy, but I am in better shape right. than that. I can get out of bed. Yeah. And I, there's not and, a shape And size what's amazing me. to me is when you think about all the single people out there, every single one of them has a devoted partner. It's called enabling. I They're wouldn't enabling, call it right? devotion. It's not a healthy relationship. Right. So because they bring them food, they yeah. bring them like well, they McDonald's want them to and stay pizza. sick. They right. That's their role. The partner is getting off on being of service to the other. It's like a kidnapped. Yeah. It's like a Munchausen. This is not our funniest edition of Ask Me No Questions, <laughs> but it is poignant, informative. But I do love that show, Doctor yes. Now. <laughs> oh my God, Howard Stern on the Howard Stern show. One of his guys does this impression of Doctor Now, where he just goes, "Why are you so fat?" <laughs> Why you eat so much? It's like all he ever says. He's to them. so exhausted. He's not good. Um, who, who you're a fashionista? Who's your favorite sure. fashion designer? Um, I love. Well, fashionista. I wouldn't call myself a fashionista, but well, I. You admire fashion. I do love fashion. I've helped people be styled, become styled, stay styled, restyle. Who do I like? Harry Styles. Harry Styles. Uh, there's a brand. I'm like. It fell deep into the sweatshirt pandemic hole. And and Sundry is a great brand. I wouldn't mm. call them a designer. Right. But if you like a good quality sweatshirt. Sundry. S-U-N-D-R-Y. Yeah, yeah. I, f- I fell deep in that. Not the uh, answer I thought. Sorry. I was, I mean, I was hoping Donna for Karen. Chanel. Yeah. Or you know. Sure. Oh, the Dior show at the Brooklyn Museum. Yes, I saw was you post so about that. so phenomenal. It was so beautiful. It's gone now. Sorry, everybody. And my boyfriend lives right near there. We oh, really? We should have seen it. Yeah. Oh, it's... Ugh. All right, I'm going to give you an F. Mary Kill. Oh, I love this. This is a Jenny edition. Okay. Or a Jenya edition, if you will. <laughs> Jenny's Your choices are um, Jennifer Aniston... Jen Psaki, White House press secretary, oh. or J-Lo? Ooh. Fuck <sighs> one, marry one, kill one. Yeah, I would um, I would fuck J-Lo if she could- Would have you. Would have me, would let me near her. Um, <laughs> I would kill uh, Jen Psaki only because I just, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Sorry. And then I would marry Jennifer Aniston because she has like gorgeous homes. You're not a Trumper, are you? Um, I no, of course not. Oh God, I'm like, why was you really like nervous? <laughs> no, but I just I like I need a break from politics, so I don't okay. want to. Yes. I don't want to talk to. You. I don't want to fuck you and hear about that. And I certainly don't want to marry you. You would never be home. I don't know where she lives, and I'd Washington. rather live in L.A. Yeah, yeah. Right. with Jen. Uh, confession time. Do you own a junk drawer or a junk closet? I own a junk drawer, and I do pay attention to it and and keep it contained. <laughs> but I think everyone deserves a junk drawer, even if it's just a little basket somewhere. This next one originally was going to be... <laughs> oh, no. Say something in lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> I could. <laughs> You're fluent. I'm fluent. I am. Oh, so that's the question. Sure. Sp- say something in lesbian. Um... Uh, femme down, femme down, buchacha, buchacha's on call, buchacha's toilet clogged, femme down. What does that mean? <laughs> a femme was... is down, a femme is, is helpless somewhere, a toilet is A feminine clogged. lesbian. Yes, a, like a lipstick lesbian. Uh-huh. Buchachas are butch, butches. Never heard that word. It's yeah. kind of a, uh, my girlfriend's going to kill me. It, it buchaches <laughs> like a butch. Uh-huh. But just with a little flair on it. I love it. Buchaches. Like a Latinx. Uh-huh. A right. Latinx butch. Yeah. Buchaches. Buchaches. 10-4 buchaches. Yeah. Hilarious. What's the best advice your mom ever gave you, Jenny? Oh, shit. Um, have fun. Oh. Simple. Like yeah. I mean, from a Russian Jew, that's a surprise. Yeah, she. It took her a lot of therapy to get to that quote. She only told me that last week. It took her. It was a journey. Uh, Jenny, uh, are you still in business? Can people hire yes. you? What? How should people reach you? Clutter Cowgirl is my website, my Instagram. Um, you can you can visit me there. Give them Instagram. Oh, at Clutter Cowgirl. <laughs> Jenny, I wish you the best of luck. Thank I think you, you're going to be an amazing therapist. Thank you. I love you. I love you too. Please come so back. So good to see you. And um, yeah, Sh- should I leave now? No, you can hang out <laughs> while we do the closing credits. Stephen JB, please plug yourself. I am Cub Mexi on Instagram and Steve Cesaro Medina on Facebook. I am Stalking Anarchy Twelve on Instagram. <laughs>
Thank you both so much. Thank you, Genia Aaron. We are back again next week with former American Idol contestant David Hernandez, one of our favorites. Subscribe to this podcast at dnrstudios.com. Don't forget to order your ass merch at adamsank.com. Follow me, me, on Twitter and Instagram at adamsank and on TikTok at adamsankofficial. Email me those dick pics at adam at adamsank.com. Have a great week, bitches. Bye. Bye.